Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Today's guest, Edna Keep, is an absolute rock star. We had such a great time interviewing her, Andressa, didn't we? Oh, we did have a lot of fun with her. She's, uh, she's, a, she's been an investor for many years, since 2002, has over 500 doors. Uh, we got into so many great things with her. She's, she's from Canada. And what I really appreciated most was when you grow in this business and you get to a new level, sometimes you don't realize with, she, she had a phrase, she said, new level, new devil. Yeah. So what, what, what she really was saying was that just because you get to a new level, that's when these, you had to upgrade your processes, your systems, your team. It doesn't end. And I think that was such a helpful reminder for me and for the women listening. Yeah. And she also dissect how she deals with her, you know, joint venture partners and, and suppliers. And she's just a clear example of how we all should like model her because she is just direct and she's a leader. And that's all what we need in this business. Leaders that take charge and set the right expectations. So you can, you know, avoid unnecessary conflict, unnecessary drama, and each person is on, on its own lane. So I really enjoyed this episode. And I think that if you're looking to do joint venture in the future or partnerships, you definitely should listen to what this woman has to say. Absolutely. Enjoy. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show. And we have Edna Keep on our show this week. And welcome, Edna. Thank you so much, ladies. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're looking forward to jumping into her story, which is fascinating and super interesting and, and just how her journey has unfolded. So we're, we're going to go there in a moment. Yes. I'm really, really excited about having her on the show today. Um, before we go there, just, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. I know there's like a gazillion podcasts and um, I mean, that's not really a word, but my son, my five-year-old son thinks it's a <laughs> word. So I've now just used that all the time and people look at me like, what's gazillion, you know? But anyway, there's a lot of podcasts and you can spend your time in a lot of ways. So we really appreciate you being here with us and, uh, you know, and spending, spending the next, uh, you know, 45 minutes or so with us. So, yes. um, and we're really up to supporting women, empowering women in this space of investing and also creating balance and, and freedom and peace in their life because women wear a lot of hats and, you know, and, and it sometimes gets a little confusing and frustrating and, and then there's a lot of joy and it's all mixed together. So, <laughs> so this is all about all, all the same day, right? Yeah. Or the same moment, right? Yep. So, um, so we're really here for you and, and to support all of you in your journey of investing in real estate. So, um, Andressa, as like we normally like to do, connect with everyone before we jump into our amazing guest. Mm -hmm. what, what is up for you? How are things? You know, we, we all always talk about like mindset and how we look at things. And today I'm going to talk about reframing. So a lot of the times when I receive like a, a message or an email from somebody saying, hey, I'm having a breakdown here. So before I kill my general contractor, or I divorce my partner, or whatever that situation might be, 
I always look at it not as a breakdown, but a breakthrough. Because if you are in it, it doesn't taste good. It doesn't look good. Mm -hmm. We are all can relate to how it feels when something does not go as we thought it should go, right? And we always think, oh, what's wrong with X, Y, and Z? And we usually... You know, we put ourselves in that situation and sometimes victimize the, the circumstance. And what I am requesting now is to look at it not as a breakdown, but a, as a breakthrough. That is happening to teach something. But you're going to be only able to see it if you step out of the situation mm. and take responsibility. You're going to look at you within that group of people and see what can I take responsibility here? It's not a matter of fault. I always tell people that I talk to, especially my contractors, not talking about whose fault it is. That's not what I mean. Distinction between fault and responsibility is different. I don't care whose fault it is. What can I take responsibility in this situation usually is, I could have given you better direction here. Mm. I could have set the right expectations or better expectations, or I did not specify exactly how I wanted this style to be laid on, on, the, uh, on the bathroom. Let's use a very mm. simple example, right? We can go from that to like joint venture agreements where there's Tons of things going on in apartment syndications and the rules are not specified about who, who is doing what. Mm -hmm. So it goes from one thing to another. But when those things happen, ladies, and it might happen today in half an hour or it must just happen to you <laughs> and you're listening to it right now saying, oh, let me take a look. <laughs> so instead of looking as a breakdown, look at it as a breakthrough. Step out. A look at from the outside, take responsibility. And the next step that I will recommend is to really, what can you put in place to really not avoid that circumstance again, but how can you better, or we're all to always talking about workability, right? How can that. I make this work? Yeah, I love that. And plain and simple. I love that. And what's the funniest thing is that Andres and I like to connect with our audiences and we both take turns on sharing something. <laughs> so what's really funny is I but, literally was going to say the same, not the same words you just said, but I was going <laughs> to talk about my own breakdown and how it really created a breakthrough last week for me. So oh uh, it is spooky. Like, I feel like I'm like, was she like in my head, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm sure, oh Edna, right? Twins. It's like... We're it, those twins that yeah, so know weird. each other. It's really, we, we were born in different countries, but that's okay. But real, I mean, really quick, I had a breakdown with my husband um, and it was all his fault. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but it was actually my fault. I had to really look in the mirror of like what I could do differently. And it was so helpful. And, and, and to have that context that a breakdown is really a breakthrough is so helpful versus like, well, it's their fault and you just move on with your day and you don't make any changes. And then, you know what? In two weeks, it's going to happen again. Yeah. Happen again. So anyway, I love that. It's a great, great reminder for all of us. And the fact that I was going to say something similar is crazy. <laughs> but anyway, without further ado, um, Edna, we really are just so pleased with you being here with us. So thank you for your time. 
Um, like we like to do with many of the women that are um, on our show is, you know, to really get connected to your beginning story and what, what pulled you into is like, we, we like to say the real estate investing world. So, um, so you share with us if you can, the women listening, what for you, uh, you know, how did your journey begin in this, uh, in, in investing? Sure. I'd love to. Uh, first of all, I got a comment on what you just talked about. I just had the same conversation. <laughs> You know, the biggest breakthrough comes after your biggest breakdown. Yeah. And if you can start thinking that way, um, you're, you're looking for it. Yeah, that's true. That's even a better. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like, okay, that's a, that's a great way to, to reframe uh, something. So I really appreciate that. And I appreciate what you guys are doing for the ladies in the world too, because, you know, I think back to, to when I was younger and if I would have had the kind of guidance that's available out there now, um, I, I'm sure it would be so much further ahead, but uh, it, that's why I really appreciate what you guys are Thank doing. Thank you. Um, so, you know, I, I was a financial advisor for about 15 years okay. and I loved what I did because I got to get out and visit with people every day. And, and the advice part of it was just always such a small portion of it. It was the connecting with people, making them, uh, you know, understanding what they were looking for, helping them reach their goals. That was the part that always excited me. Um, but in, uh, in 2007, we had went through some, I'd been through two market corrections mm. and I hated that feeling, you know, giving people bad news about their money being down and, and, and our own money being down because I had all my investments in mutual funds, which mm. is right? And um, so I, we, my husband and I had decided to look at real estate uh, and, and how it came about was first of all, different um, clients of mine who I really respected were telling me that they were building a real estate portfolio besides their mutual funds. So I, I di didn't understand real estate. I used to say to them, really, why would you invest in an asset class that pays you like 3%? It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and and you know, I, I didn't understand it. Even if we owned our own home, but it just never was explained to me the way, uh, the way I learned when I started taking classes. So we were introduced to some classes through the Rich Dad, Poor Dad group. Yeah. And um, the very first evening, I knew it was something I wanted to explore more. We wanted to look at something that gave us income besides from mutual funds. And, you know, my, my whole income was tied to mutual funds, our investments and the income. Um, so we thought, you know, if we could buy a couple houses, that could make a huge difference for us. So that's how we went in thinking. Um, our very first weekend class, which was three full days, we, it really opened our eyes to what was possible. And we signed up for a, a course, $27,000 US, which was- I hear you. <laughs> and, but you know what? We never regretted that decision. Yeah. We immersed ourselves in real estate right away. Within two years from the day we started, I sold my financial planning practice because I couldn't even sell mutual funds anymore. Once I understood real estate, I felt like we should have all our money in there for <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> and that, that's how we got our start. We set our first goal as 50 doors. And we thought, you know, 5, 10, 15 years didn't even matter. We didn't even have a time frame. We thought that goal, because we were taught if we could get you know, 50 to $100 a door cash flow, uh, that would kind of be our financial freedom number. And we hit 50 doors in 18 months. Wow. I knew then that I could not stay being a financial advisor. So that's when we sold the practice and concentrated uh, 100% on real estate. 
Wow. So you, so you, you know, and, and Andres actually, you know, you could speak to it, but you, you went through the rich dad, um, you know, weekend and there's so many weekends. And then, so you implemented, so, you know, you clearly immersed yourself. You had a goal of two years to have 50 doors. You, you, you achieved that with less time. Walk us through those steps. Walk us through like the first six months, because I think in a lot of ways, that's sometimes the hardest. And was it, was it, a, you know, a small multi, which then propelled you into, you know, how, how, what was that path? What did that path look like for you? If you our, had to like dissect it a little bit. Our very first purchase was a condo, which was about eight blocks from where we live. Okay. And funny thing was like, w- my husband and I were terrified of tenants and toilets and roofs and furnaces and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so when, um, when the realtor took us over there, uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, I was a single mom at age 16 was living in the unit. And I said, that one's for sale. And he said, yeah. And it was an apartment building that had been condo converted. And, and I, he said, so your renter's already in place. They had a rental pool, all this kind of stuff. So if your renter moved out, uh, you, they still uh, guaranteed your rents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that. Mm-hmm. So that took some fear away. Uh, just knowing that I already had a good renter. Cause you know, like myself, I would have never missed a rent payment. My daughter's never missed a rent payment in her life. Yeah. And uh, I thought, okay, I get a good tenant off the bat. And, and then within a couple of days while we were uh, getting ready to write up the offer, um, she was telling me that the people next door lived there for 17 years. Mm. So, you know, we had enough cash um, because we had went through a market that had really increased a lot in real estate. So we had a lot of equity in our home. Mm. So we knew we could afford those two. So we, we ended up buying both those condos side by side. We still own them to this day. Uh, not the greatest investment because cash flow is not there. Condo fees are high, but they're pretty easy, you know? Sure. And we, you know, we got past to the point where we can't get mortgages on single families anymore. So it was like, why give it up? Because if we gave it up, we couldn't replace it. Mm-hmm. And very, you know, we get mortgage pay down. We get, it's usually rented. Very seldom do we have a vacancy. So it, it worked out good. Um, so that was our first. And, and we were scared of everything. Like I said, we got a, shortly after that, we got a chance to buy a fourplex. It was vacant because the people had just renovated it. We got an accepted offer. We got financing in place. Um, and, you know, we backed out at the last minute because I couldn't wrap my head around why it was vacant. You know, why, why would you sell it vacant? You know, because I love the fact that our first ones were full, right? And so we backed out and, and I think a year and a half later, I seen it for sale. We had it under contract for 270 and it was on, uh, for sale at 400000 Oh, so wow. I myself in the butt and then I realized, you know what, now I, I understand. People sometimes like to buy vacant, put in their own tenants. We weren't there yet, but that's how most people were thinking. And then uh, to get our 18 door, or 50 doors within the 18 months, the probably about our fourth or fifth purchase was a 24 unit apartment building. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what took us over. Uh, and when we realized that, okay, we can see why it would take five, five, 10 years to buy, you know, 50 houses. Sure. Realize that, okay, that apartment building was no harder to buy than mm-hmm. ours. We had to raise a little bit more money, but mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we dealt with more sophisticated investors. Uh, we made a, a minimum investment for people and, uh, and it worked really, really well for us. So that was what took us into multifamily. I always tell people exactly what you're saying is the same amount of energy. 
You might have different zeros. You might have to, you know, deal with different people, but it's the same amount of energy. Yeah. You got to talk to the lender. You got to talk to your uh, private lenders too. You got to walk through every single thing. It's the same process. It is. The thing that I always want to mention too, because when, when folks are starting real estate that they say, oh, I want to buy my first one, maybe two, three in a couple of years. You got to be expecting to also receive good deals and be ready to the, what's the best case scenario, right? Because that 24 unit when came to you and you're like, oh, how can I pass this, mm -hmm. right? Oh, well, that's exactly right, Andressa. Uh, we were looking for a realtor at the time. So my assistant met this Miss fellow and he, he, we were telling him our goals. And he said, why don't you just buy an apartment building? And I said, oh, I don't even have 10 houses yet. Like, how can I do that? You know, you have this little block that says you have to have so many houses, yes. move in, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And that, that was a big block for us. And he said, you know, he says apartments are actually easier to finance. They don't look at you as the person who has to, you know, be responsible for paying all the rent. They look at the building. And I went, well, that totally makes sense. It's like a business then. He said, it's like a business. Sure. Yeah. And I, I said, okay, write it up. I want to make an offer. And he goes, don't you want to even drive by it? And I said, well, I think I, I read with apartment buildings you that it's all based on financials, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, and they don't give you the financials until you have an offer, right? And he said, yeah. I said, okay, write the offer. I'll go drive by it while you're writing in the offer. Because again, it was blocks away from where we lived. And uh, 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 another really big thing that happened for us is right around that time, we had met another couple who had taken the exact same Rich Dad classes we had taken two years prior, and they already had 20 houses. And they took on the property management role, which scared us. They took on the repairs maintenance role, which scared us. And I, I already was good at raising capital, so I figured I could jump in there. And you know, by partnering with them, it took a ton of fear out of the equation that we were having. And that's what allowed us to go to the, to the next level. And uh, we, we wouldn't even have thought about taking on a 24 unit if we didn't have them to property manage and look after uh, repairs and maintenance because they had the teams. Um, could, probably could not have wrapped our heads around it. And now we find, you know, it's, it's so funny years later, we can't get mortgages for houses. Um, we, we can get uh, even, even trying to refinance our own house and pull out cash, which we're always looking to do because there's all so opportunities, right? The bank turns us down and to the, because the lender goes, you know, I'm so sorry, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know what? Don't worry about it because I said, I just find a different way. He said, and I said, it won't stop me. I'll just might have to pay more interest and stuff. But I said, you know, what's really funny. And this is something you guys should wrap your head around. I'm giving the, the guy who turned me down alone uh, advice <laughs> closed on a $4 million mortgage that the lender did not think twice of giving me. And I said, I'm, we're trying to get a hundred thousand out of our house. And you're saying we can't afford to pay that. It's just insanity. I don't think that they can read any, any uh, personal financial statement, none of your assets, and really dissect what do you really have in order. Otherwise, 
a hundred grand is nothing. Exactly. All you can see is income and expenses. Oh they God. Look at net worth. They don't look at experience. None of that. Yeah. And, and I just laughed and I, I said, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that that's the way you guys think, but I said, it doesn't stop me at all. You know, you just found another way. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The, so I, I love what you're saying around the the partnership part because I, I all of us you know you get to the point where you really can't do it alone. Um, I don't know many people who've grown their portfolio like literally by themselves. Um, I do actually know a couple, but it's not a lot of people. It's usually done partnerships, teams. It's just that, you know it's funny because I'm giving a talk soon about growing from like a duplex to, you know, a larger, more larger multifamily. And what are the learned lessons? And one of the biggest ones is the partnerships, the teams. But it's easy to say that, right? Oh, I know I need to partner. But like, it's not always easy. Sometimes you find people who, after you're in it, because you're not just buying a widget, you're buying property. So when you have to unravel that property, it gets very, it's a longer process. And you got to be in the trenches with people who really have the same values as you. And that's not always easy to, to find and to, to hold on to. So I'm curious, you found this couple. Here's you and your, you, you and your husband, and then you find another couple. You went through the same training. That's a good thing. So that's always a nice connection. What other things did you see in these folks? Obviously, they brought the property management piece, which is enormous. You brought the raising money. That was enormous. Like food on, feet on the street and the, the pulling the funds together. Great, great um, perspective. Totally get it. Well, what else did you see in these folks? Did you have some dinners with them? Did you, what other ways did you then say, I feel comfortable with these people. I'm going to go and buy a 24 unit with these folks. I'm curious, like, what was that process for you? Because it's scary for people, especially for women. We don't want to make mistakes, you know? So I'm curious, what was that? What did that, when did that, you know, switch come on and say, these people I want to, I really want to partner with? Well, the very first weekend of classes that we'd taken, there was another couple there based on the recommendation that these guys, this couple told them they should take this class. Okay. And talking about them all weekend saying, right in Regina, which is where we're from, our friends have done this and done that. And they talked about all this. They talked about them all weekend. Every time something was brought up, yeah, these guys have done that. They, so um, a part of our uh, mentorship, we got a mentor who actually used to be from our city as well. She, she wasn't anymore, but she flew out and spent a few days with us. But after the, after the training, she, she set up a dinner and invited a bunch of her mentoring students, and we all got to meet. And by this time, I knew this couple's name. And when they walked, when they, they walked in, I can't remember if I walked in first or they did. Anyway, I knew I wanted to sit beside them. Mm. I just figured it out. I don't know if I followed them to the dinner or if <laughs> yeah, I- Yeah, you do what you got to do, people. Yeah, I had a craving, almost like an internal craving. And, you know, from there, we stayed in touch. We became best friends. We were hanging out every day. And what we fed off of each other's energy. You know, we, one of us would be here, and then, then you know, it would be on and on. And, mm -hmm. and we grew a ton in those, in those um, time periods together. We worked together for about five years. In the long run, we ended up uh, in, a, in almost a bad uh, breakup, almost like a divorce. And you know, that came down to, uh, we didn't write up a proper agreement. We mm. were so busy buying and moving ahead and not, and we did not, neither of us were good at, um, at, at, at doing that kind of stuff. I still remember we'd set a meeting to go through 
this 300 page document, it might not have been that large, but that's what it felt like to us, the shareholders agreement to read it so that we could absorb it and actually come up with some something that would work for us. We never did get through it, either of us. And, and, and so now that's one of the first things that I do with joint venture partners is manage those expectations up front because I learned through losing that partnership how important that is. Um, and so, so the, the energy was the first thing. And, uh, and even now, that's what I look for when I'm connecting with a new partner. Uh, we're in the process of setting up a real estate investment trust right now. And I have to have partners to do this because there's certain things I can't wrap my head around. Right. One is the whole legalities of mm -hmm. the REIT. So one of the partners has done this. Uh, and another is managing that level. Like we're the first one we're looking at is like 140 units. And I think, yeah, I like, I can't manage on that level. I'm not there yet. So those two partners are absolutely imperative for me to be part of this because I, I couldn't do it by myself. So I love what you're saying. I love, not that I love that you had a bad breakup. Obviously that's not what we're, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's tough for everybody. I've, I've had this, a similar experience, same with Andressa. I think it happens to all of us. And then we learn things from that. So, you know, the women listening, you know, we want, we want you to hear all these things so that you don't make the same mistakes that, that we do. Let's take a step back. Cause I think we hear a lot about joint venture. Mm -hmm. Right. And we've done it as well. That's how Andres and I began our even working relationship. We joint ventured on a, on a, on a fix and flip in Philadelphia. That was right, Andres. That was our, yeah. our first project together was a, was a joint venture. Then there's like actual partnering, starting an LLC, you know, with a, with a group of people. So I'm curious for you, if you can, from your experience, and we can also explain it because we understand joint venture, I think the term gets thrown out around a lot, and I really want to break it down for the women listening that are maybe less familiar with just that strategy, because maybe at this point, they've bought all their properties themselves, or are in their own LLC, or LLCs, like we do, we have, you know, our accountant hates us, because we're <laughs> like, he's like, you start another LLC, I'm like, I don't even know how many we have, I'm so confused, but Which no, I do, I do know. The property name, because I can't come up with names. I know, it's a si sidebar, but no, I know yep. all of our LLCs, don't worry, I have a list somewhere, but um, <laughs> for you, Edna, how did you determine with this couple, you know, and it sounds like the contract the contracts were not as, as thorough. Did you have a contract with them? And at that point, if you had to do it over again, would you have started an actual LLC with this couple? Would that have been a better approach? Or is the joint venture, you know, avenue a better approach? Because the joint venture is just like, this is one project, right? That's, that's the point of a joint venture in a very simplistic way. And I'm sure both of you can jump in on this. But, you know, in a simple way, we're going to do this project together. And that's why a joint venture agreement gets created. And it's not like we're in, in a marriage. We're not going to buy all of our properties together. It's just this one particular project. So if you had to do it over again, what would you have done differently? Would you have done it that way? Would it have just been a better contract? Would you have done it more like more, you know, in an LLC format? Because a joint venture, you don't need to necessarily have an LLC set up. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Well, there's a few things that we learned. One is Every property has its own bank account. That was something we didn't do at the beginning. So they yes. were in charge of the money. God. Yeah. I got to I gotta emphasize this, folks. <laughs> I got to, sorry, interrupting you. But yes, please. Are you just going to say amen, Andressa? Amen. <laughs> what else can I say? Amen to that. That, you know, open up a bank account. It's just so easy to do and it helps so much. Sorry about that. I got so excited. I got to. It does a lot of your bookkeeping. 
All the income goes in that account, all the expenses, this is the bottom line. When you're mixing a bunch together, which we did with our houses and we were raising capital. And one of my um, aha moments was one of my good friends who'd invested with us um, had said to me, Edna, which property is my, my money on? And, and I knew that it was one of three because we bought three within a month but I wasn't sure which one the partners had put it on. So I said, well, let's, let's ask the partner. So I asked them and she actually told my, my investment partner, I don't have a clue. And I went, Oh my God, that mm. does not work for me. I said, I know for sure it's one of these three because we purchased them uh, all at the same time. Let's follow the dots in the bank accounts yeah. to see where it went. And that's when I, that was one of the things that uh, woke us up to what was happening with the bookkeeping, <laughs> which we were sure. on top of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we offset that right at the beginning. We, whenever we buy a new property, everyone has a new corporation in Canada. That's what we call it as opposed to an LLC. And everyone has its own bank account. So that's two things. The other thing was tracking the money. Um, we get all our investing partners to take the money to the lawyer. And then uh, with along with their ID uh, and so for money laundering purposes and their three uh, months bank statements to show where their money came from or, or home equity line of credit or wherever it happened to come from. So those three steps right at the beginning make such a difference. And um, the, uh, oh, sorry, my, my, my assistant's just coming to work and my dog is announcing. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, so those three things are the biggest things and the joint venture agreement is signed at the lawyers when we sign the documents for the mortgage wow to me it's just like you are setting the right foundation yeah. for the jv agreement and then walk me through after that step right i'll call like the management part how do you communicate with, with your partners throughout? Let's say uh, there's rehab going on and they want to understand their debt partners. Let's say they're debt partners yeah. and there are active partners. How do you manage the communication and keep everybody on the loop without losing your hair and spending <laughs> all the time, you know, <laughs> keeping up with people? That's, that's the part that I'm good at. Now, we don't do fix and flips. We do mainly long-term buy and holds. Mm -hmm. so we do quarterly reports, written reports uh, with the numbers. Um, and then we do an annual, we call it an AGM or an annual general meeting. And that's where we get together with our investors. And, and first of all, there's camaraderie. We usually try to have a dinner or something uh, because we want our investors to meet each other. You know, some that have been with us for 10 years, some that are brand new, they can kind of see, oh yeah, this is still working. They're still talking. Everything's going good, mm -hmm. you know, and then, uh, and then go through the properties. Uh, and, and let them know what's happening. Sometimes we take them on a walk through through the building if they want to see it, especially if we've done some major renovations or something. Um, so that that is, I think, really, really important. The other things I always let everybody know, you know, I can't anticipate what's going through your mind. I can't anticipate that you watch this TV show that said real estate sucks. Yeah. You know, call me. If you ever, ever, ever have any questions, call me. Um, 
and, and and as long as you know I'll, and i'll do my best to answer answer that you know the odd person would uh try to start giving me advice so edney you should do this and edney you should do that and i would remind them that i was the expert and i've been doing this for long longer and they're supposed to be the armchair investor and let them know that <laughs> you don't have to worry about that you mm -hmm. know like say if we had a vacancy the investor would phone them oh how are we going to pay the mortgage you know and i go you know what if there's a problem i will get hold of you other than that because I, I give I give them access on our houses. I give them access to the bank account. You can look at the bank account on any given day, so they can tell if the rent hasn't coming in, or you know. And sometimes they'll on the a new investor, maybe on the third or fourth month. Oh, where's our rent this month? You know what? And you know, and I say I don't want to explain that every month. Um, sometimes they're late. Sometimes they had a death in the family or sickness or their dog died. You know what it's like. And you know, just know that uh, I'll get hold of you if there's a challenge. You know, you you don't worry. This is my worry now. So those are some of the ways that we handle that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I tell people, I did not get into this so that I had a manager or a boss. So if you feel the need to do that, you go get a different job because I will never be your employee. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not going to be sitting back taking direction from somebody who's this is their first house and I own 500 doors, you know. So you have to manage expectations that way as well. Yeah, 100%. And one thing that I want to emphasize, it's how you stand for, you're very clear about who you are, what you're bringing to the table, and how you want to do things. I think sometimes we are in certain positions that we want to save the face and, and not say, oh, I hear you. And I'll tell you what would I do when we have a, vac uh, a vacancy. Here's what we do. And then next month, you explain again and again and again. And then you have that feeling of like being overwhelmed and it's like, why am I managing this such as, you know, it's small detail, yeah. right? But you really having a clear expectation, first of all, of who you are and how things are going to be. Listen, if you don't like chocolate flavor, you go next door because they have vanilla. I have chocolate here. <laughs> exactly. it's, it's not that you're being rude. It's really like, here's how we're going to handle this. Yeah. I can't go to McDonald's and say, hey, um, do you have vegan food? Oh, but I want vegan. Yeah. Well, so you're on the wrong place. Yes. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And you're going to not, not, how can I say that? You're going to attract people that want it exactly what you have to offer. Well, and when you tell them up front that it's a passive investment and then they start trying to get actively involved, you have to set that boundary because if, and, and I actually, I train people uh, to be active investors. So I say, if you want that side of the table, I can teach you on that. But on this one, you're not on that side of the table. So yeah. uh, that, and, and you know what? I think they respect that because it's like, oh, okay. Oh, I really don't have to worry about it. You really <laughs> don't have to worry about it. And, and you know, another thing, you know, if, if uh, an investor drives by a property and he goes, you know, the grass is getting really long there, Edna, the, the weeds are, are bad. I appreciate those calls because I say, you know, I can't be driving by those properties every day. Um, if you see something like that or a broken window that the tenant hasn't um, uh, shared with us, yeah. I appreciate that call. Absolutely. So there, don't feel like, you know, you're stepping on my toes. 
I can't be watching that every day. And we have clients that, you know, they happen to drive past that property on their way home from work. And if they see something, they tell me. And, you know, we stay on top of the tenants that way. I, I love them to death when they tell me stuff like that. Um, but what I don't appreciate is people who will drive by your building like once in a year and say, man, those weeds are out of control. Don't you ever do the weeds there? <laughs> Remind them. Yeah, you know what? There was a big boat of rain last week. Yeah. Sunshine came out and you know how weeds can grow. I know at my house, weeds can grow out of control in two days. You know, yeah. no, we're always on top of that. You might've drove by on that one day just before the lawn guy was getting there, you know? Exactly. Just again, a reminder. It, and, and if you think you can do better, you live right, you live right close to there, you go cut it, you know, don't, yeah. don't get nasty, you know? Go right? girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. But it is about communicating with your investors. And I know we've, we've done that where, you know, you just want to step, step the communication up because projects don't always go as the pro forma says, right? And that's just the nature of business. That's the nature of, of, of these investments sometimes. So at those points, you just over-communicate, um, you know, and, and, and if you're not, you know, what, what, what I've found, and I don't know if you've found this too, Edna, and, and I'm just as both of you've grown, but as your portfolio grows, your business systems have to grow, you know, your, your strategies have to grow because if you're not, and quite honestly, the one really should come before the other, but it sometimes doesn't happen, right? An opportunity comes, a 50 unit or a hundred unit, and you're like, whoa, you know, we have a hundred investors now. Okay. Wow. We really need to step up our communication or step up our fill in the blank. Um, but your investors are your customers. They're the people, you know, and, and you, you need to be exceeding their expectations. And it sometimes may not be financial, but communicating, uh, being a resource like you're doing, Edna, getting them together, educating. I mean, all those things. So I think that's wonderful what you, what you put in place, but you've put a process in place. Um, so systems are so important. And, you know, just even one of our growing pains we had this last year, we bought over 100 doors last year in three, four different projects. And I usually manage uh, a lot in the first year just till the systems are all in place. Mm -hmm. So last year was really overwhelming in, in some instances. And I've always had external bookkeepers where my stuff leaves the property to get done and then it comes back done. Mm. So this year, I had to change all that. I have to have my, my bookkeepers right at my place of business, not right. Cause things were going missing. And, and then of course, how do you explain that to investor? Well, yeah, I've, I've, I had that invoice cause I paid it, but now I can't find it. And that's when I realized that too many people's hands were on the paperwork. Who knows what happens with it in the meantime? So yeah. And, and every one of my coaches, cause I'm a big believer in always having a coach in my back pocket too. She always said to me, Edna, new level, new devil. There's always yeah. something that you're going to have to learn to handle better. And I, I, I think about that absolutely every day. What's a better way for if I get three or four phone calls in a month of the same thing, what's a better system we can put in place so this doesn't happen? Absolutely. Because the lesson keeps coming until you learn it. So if yeah. something is coming back over and over again, I ask myself, okay, I need to get this lesson, what it is, because I don't want to face it again. Yes. So what, what, can I, what do I need to get here that I'm not getting? 
Yeah. I, I love that too. And, and the way to really identify it, like you're saying, Edna, if you keep getting the call, um, you have to look at it. It's also like I was, you know, I like, I like sports or I actually like the, I like the New York Mets. They're actually doing really well right now. I don't know when this podcast <laughs> airs, if they're going to be still doing well, but I like it a sports analogy. Are you on the offense? Are you on the defense? So if there's something in your real estate work right now or your business where you keep, you're in the defense, you're in reactivity, that's an opportunity to say, I need to put a process in place or a better automation in place. And I, I'm seeing that personally too, everywhere and every business I'm involved in, I feel like I'm in this, this vortex of process, you know, writing processes down. And I'm actually really appreciating it because I know it's going to get us and me and our team to the next level. But it's hard sometimes to take that proactive time. So to your point, Edna, I love that you, you took a step back and okay, okay, I got I love that new level, new devil. I, I, I never heard that before, but I love it because it's such a good point yeah. because you're going to get, you're, you know, you're going to have those things. You have to watch them and where, where are you, where are you playing defense? You don't want to keep playing defense. You have to play offense to win. I mean, you know, get it from a sports perspective. Um, very cool. So you then scaled your, your portfolio to close to 500 units what would you say to the women listening? I think a very common thing is women have built a portfolio and they've done some small multis and now they want to get into larger multis. It's a very common theme Andres and I hear a lot of, um, you know, they've done, they've been there, done that, bought property, they figured that out, but now they want to scale. If you had to do it over again, I think you've given us some great, great, great recommendations, but if you had to do it over again, what other systems or processes or you know, fill in the blank better, fill in the blank, would you have put in place to scale more efficiently, more effectively for all included? Anything else we haven't talked about for those ladies listening that, you know, I got a portfolio, I want to grow it, you know, and they don't want to have any missteps. Well, I think the biggest thing is having a coach in your corner. And, and I think it's really important to have somebody who's already done what you're trying to do. Like, I don't get a coach who's going to just cheerlead me on. I have had ones like that. Oh, you're doing such a good job, Edna. What else do you want to do? Okay, let's go do it. You know, I want to hear, like, from my coach that said, new level, new devil. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I'm at this point what are some of the processes I can put in place mm -hmm. so that's all managed? You know, so, so learning how to systematize what you've set up is so important. Um, and then, you know, sometimes it's upgrading your coach. I've worked at coaches at this level, yeah. got to a certain point and had to move on to get to the next level. That doesn't mean I disrespected that coach. It's just I got everything I felt I could get at that point. And, and I even have students say to me sometimes, you know, Edna, if I buy your course, if I work with you, will that be absolutely everything I need to know? No. Yeah, it's a absolutely. Going learning curve. You'll, you'll never be there. So you may as well, you know, think about going, you know, this level, then this level, then this level. So 100%. you have to upgrade your, your surroundings, the people that you surround yourself with. I, and I love what you're saying, the upgrading theme, because it's upgrading your, you know, I also believe in coaches and, you know, I just had this conversation last night with my husband about coaches and having people that have been there and done that where you want to go, but also upgrading the people you're surrounding yourself around. You know, if you're trying to get into larger multifamily and your circle all have single family homes, not that you have to disown these people, this is a great resource, but 
I don't know if I'd be asking them for the advice. Like we often ask people for advice and, you know, how do you run a marathon? I don't think I'd ask someone who hasn't run a marathon how to train for a marathon. I mean, it sounds like almost like, why would you ask someone like, but we do that all the time. We do it. Start a business. Why would you ask your uncle how to start a business who hasn't started a business before? <laughs> Yes. Like that makes no sense. So watch the business he did start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, watch who you, I mean, why would I ask someone how to scale a business or scale a multifamily if they really haven't done that or even done it successfully? It just doesn't make sense. But I hear people talking and asking for feedback all the time to people who they shouldn't be. So and you've got to upgrade your, your, your surroundings. I love that. And holds them back because they know, love and respect that person they, they want to believe everything that comes out of their mouth. But if they don't know, and that's one of the things I always tell my students, you know what, you don't even know what you don't know. Because yeah. you, if you're hanging around with everybody who has single family homes, you don't even know what could be next, you know? So mm -hmm. let's get you out of that environment, put you in this one, and then see what happens. Yeah. And you're done with that environment. Yeah. Up level. Each I love that. So you have a very, you have a growing practice where you're, you're educating people and obviously coaching them. You have a growing portfolio, which I love that you're active in the business as well, which is so important, I think, for people who are getting any sort of mentorship or coaching from people. Um, what, how do you balance it all? I mean, you know, we talk a lot about the, the, the balancing act of women and, you know, we, we do we are at the helm of a lot of different circles and, and, you know, and then we have this yearning and need for kind of creating this financial freedom for the next generation to keep a legacy going um, for our kids. You know, we're not doing it so we can drive Ferraris around. I mean, we like nice things. I think is, I can't speak for every woman in this world, but I, I, I hear women like, why do you want this? And they're like, I really want to create a legacy for my kids or they, they have this like big why. So, you're clearly moving along and, and growing this thing for yourself. How do you keep it all in perspective? How do you balance it all? What are some of your kind of keys to keep yourself kind of sane and full of joy and what have you? The biggest things is I don't do it all. I can't do it all. Um, like my students, every once in a while, someone will say, well, and I got this building under contract. You want to come and walk through it with me? No, I don't. <laughs> You know, no, I've walked through more than enough buildings to last the rest of my life. <laughs> specialty. Um, I, I don't ever want to walk through another building. I still do the odd time if it's something different that we're purchasing or yeah. something new, or the seller feels the need that I need to be there. But most of the time, my team does that. Um, my team manages the properties. My team manages the rent rolls. My team does all the, the bookkeeping. Um, and, and that, that's where you need to grow. You need to grow into managing that team as opposed to doing everything yourself or you'll never, ever be able to scale. And then also um, uh, like partnering with different people because every time like I get a new partner, my mind expands to stuff that I never thought possible, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I well, do it all. That's a big one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not so much like, yeah, and you hear a lot about like how to do it all. Do, do you even want to do it? Like Andres always says, I don't know if I want to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> you always say that, you know? Um, I love that. That's great. Um, and, uh, you know, appreciate, appreciate your insight so much. Uh, for the women listening, where can they learn more about, about you and all the wonderful, you know, education and resources you sounds like you, uh, you're up to and you have? 
The, well, the best way to connect with me is my website, ednakeep.com. So it's very easy to remember. And uh, I, I do have a couple courses, uh, but you know what? I have a lot of free stuff. I do Facebook Lives just about every day. I do interviews like this. I'm going to have you two ladies on my podcast. I, uh, I repurpose my um, Facebook Lives into podcasts. So, so again, there, there's many, many ways to connect with me. Um, but the, probably the best way, reach out to me on Facebook. See if there's something there that you like. And I always encourage people, if, if it's something they want to explore further, listen to my master class. Uh, which you're going to put in the footnotes, right? Yep. Yep. And that kind of tells the whole story about how we got to where we are and what we recommend. And then if it's something that you think is something you want to take further, then I recommend a strategy call with me to see if it's something I can help with, help you with. And that, that link is at the end of the master class. So it's a great way to connect, but again, tons of free stuff, kind of like what you guys are doing with your podcast because people don't even know what they don't know. Um, and you don't connect with everyone, right? Like, like there's different people I've listened to over the years. Uh, you know, Grant Cardone, I, I love his message. I don't, like the way he gives it. I couldn't work with the guy. He's too um, intense for me. I'm a little more laid back. And, and I have a lot of guys that come to me and they, oh, I love Grant Cardone and he's this and he's that. And, and you know, you, yeah, that's the, you, you, everybody needs different, um, different coaching. Absolutely. And, and how would you know until you check somebody out a bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And just to clarify the, the master class, you're going to talk about 90 days to 5k. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So you guys can check it out. All this information on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. Are you ready, Edna? I am. Okay. The first question is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? That's an easy one. Uh, so Robert Kiyosaki, I think I've read every one of his books, but one of my favorites was why do A students work for C students and C students work for the, or B students work for the government? And the reason I loved it so much, girls, was I was a C student. And I beat myself up for many, many years about not being the smart one. And because I had a brother that was a, a very much an A student. Until I realized that being a C student is a strength. It allows you to see stuff that A students can't see. A students are great for being the best employees out there, uh, doctors, lawyers, et cetera, different stuff like that, but they're not the entrepreneurs of the world. The C students are. So that opened my eyes to appreciate myself. Yeah, the C students are hiring the A students. They are, absolutely. <laughs> the second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? You know, um, probably about 10 years ago, I added meditation to my morning routine. And that has made the biggest difference because it allows me, again, to grow because, and it's maybe even longer than 10 years now, but um, it, it's such a freeing place uh, and, and, and it's so settling, um, grounding, maybe you could say, that it, it opens up possibilities to me that if I didn't do that on a regular basis, wouldn't, would not be there. It's so funny. So I have a, like a five-minute journal and have different quotes on top and it says, today, take 20 minutes to meditate. And if you are too busy, Take one hour. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
one of those people that never believed I could meditate. Like, really? Sit there for 20 minutes doing nothing? Impossible. Yes. <laughs> and, and, I, and now that it's a routine, I absolutely love it. And, and to me, it's the best, best part of my day. Yes. And the last question, Anna, is which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Which women? Well, oh, lately I have to say one of my coaches that I, that I had, I actually just stopped working with her about six months ago just because I found something else I wanted to do. But Fabian Fredrickson has built a really fabulous coaching business around um, systematizing and leveraging what you already have. And she opened my eyes to a lot of things. Uh, she's the one who has that quote, new level, new devil. I she love her. Yeah, <laughs> I, I opened my eyes to a lot of things. You guys know of her? Yes, I, I came across her a couple of years ago. Yes. I went to her mindset retreat. I teach mindset, but I never went to a, a big retreat. So I went to her mindset retreat about three years ago, and it was life-changing. You know, I, I expanded my mindset training since then because I believe it's that important. Uh, but just immersing yourself in a three-day mindset retreat uh, was so different. And, and I did sign up with, with her coaching for a couple of years and, and it made a huge difference for me. Awesome. Very cool. Edna, thank you so much for being on our show and sharing all your great insight. Uh, you know, it sounds like you're on a wonderful path and, you know, hopefully ladies listening, take something, you know, take a nugget here, you know, from this, from this episode and use it, use it in the next week. Because, you know, I think people's stories are amazing, but if you don't do anything with it and shift something, yes. then, then, then it just becomes like another thing to listen to and just check it off some sort of to-do list. So, so with that, thank you again for being on our show. We really, really appreciate your time and your, and your, you know, great presence here. My absolute pleasure. I love sharing what I've learned uh, over the years. And uh, again, I got to point out to you guys, the service you're offering to people is absolutely amazing. Know that. Uh, keep it happening because you're changing people's lives by, by sharing your knowledge and, and, your, and your speaker's knowledge with your, with your uh, people. Love that. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Yes. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.